we should be embracing our what's next, always. Our what's next should be always on our mind. And are we happy? And are we living with passion? Welcome to the For the Love Podcast with me, Jen Hatmaker. Today, we're talking about how to say yes to what's next with entrepreneur and star of TLC's Say Yes to the Dress Atlanta, Lori Allen. Hey, everybody, Jen Hatmaker here. Welcome to the For the Love podcast. So glad that you're, you're here today and you're going to be too. Oh, man, you guys. We're in a series called For the Love of Small Wins, which is exactly what it sounds like. We just got here to the back half of 2020 as a team and said, where's the joy? Like, where's the, where's the victory? Where's the win? Where's the happiness? Where's the encouragement? Let's bring it to the table. And so you know, we've all been forced to do so much major pivoting this year. And when so many of us were already at critical mass, having to weather all this change in real life, making sure that we are keeping our families safe, that we have enough in the bank to make it for the next little bit. It's just hard. It's just hard. And I know that if you're anything like me, I like lay down at night and then my brain wakes up and it wants to think a million thoughts in a million different directions. And it can just be paralyzing. And so... My next guest today has a little advice on how to get through this next day, this next season, just by saying yes to the very next thing. Not all of it, not the whole thing, just the very next thing. You guys get excited because on the show today, we have Lori Allen. She knows all about the magic of saying yes. She's an entrepreneur who founded one of the largest boutiques in the country, called Bridals by Lori, and you probably know her as the star of Say Yes to the Dress Atlanta on TLC. Every one of you who planned your wedding when you were in kindergarten probably just squealed, but even if you're not super into weddings, you're going to love meeting Lori today because she is this really savvy businesswoman who has seen it all and endured it all and kept her business and her life and her family going through every single bit of it. She has said yes to all kinds of different roles. She's a wife, a mom, a grandmother. She's the author of a brand new book called Say Yes to What's Next. She's a breast cancer survivor. We talk about all of this in this fun and lively interview. I actually loved this conversation, y'all. She's as fun as you think she is. And not only that, Lori is a wise teacher who kind of shows us how to push past our resistance to change and helps us to see the small wins that we can find when we finally let our shoulders down and just say yes to the next thing, just to the next thing, by keeping ourselves open, by staying open and engaged and curious. These are the tools that help us travel to the next spot in our story. And I, of course, I asked her, tell me about a crazy bride. I asked her everything, you guys. Listen, this was my moment to talk to Lori Allen. So I just, if I wanted to know, I asked her. We talk about the show. We talk about her store. We talk about it all. You guys are going to love it. You're going to enjoy this so much. I'm so pleased to share my conversation with the absolutely delightful Lori Allen. Lori, I feel so lucky today. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Are you kidding me? We're like big time fans here. And so (laughs) obviously tons of our listeners already know and love you. But for those tuning in today who 
may not be as familiar with your story, could you talk for a few minutes about kind of who you are and what your background was and what it is you do? Sure, sure. So I'm Lori Allen and I own Bridles by Lori here in Atlanta, which is a very large store. It's 25,000 square feet. I didn't know if you knew that or not, Jen. And it's three stories. So it's like a department store. But did I start out my life this way? Heck no. I started out in a thousand square feet. It was Wedgwood Blue with a lattice wall and the back tacky as I'll get out. You know. So anyway, I own Bridles by Lori. I am starring on Say Yes to the Dress Atlanta. And we are shown in over 120 countries and have just aired our 11th season. Cannot even believe that. And I am no actress, let me tell you. When Monty Durham and I first started with the show, we would run into the camera. I mean, we were terrible. But we got better at it. I mean, I'm still not, you know, fantastic at it, but we were better. And I think one thing that has been so important about our show is it's got a lot of heart. I We decided when we were filming the show that we weren't going to be any different than we are every day. And I'm a straight shooter, very much so. And Monty's a smart aleck, so that worked perfectly. You know, so that's kind of how that went. I'm a wife. I've been married for 40 years. I'm a mom. I have two kids, and they're grown. And I'm a mother-in-law, and that's a whole other chapter in my book. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> about wearing beige and keeping your mouth shut. We'll talk about that later. And I am a grandmother. I have three darling grandchildren. In fact, today, Jen, is my grandson's first birthday. He's so He's one. He's one today, and he's bald-headed with big blue eyes. He's the cutest thing. And then on top of that, I'm a breast cancer survivor. And I got breast cancer right in the middle of filming Say Yes to the Dress Atlanta, like right in it. And, you know, didn't know what I was going to do with that story. But we can talk about that later, too. But I'm a breast cancer survivor. And then this past season, Jen, I fell flat on my face on national TV. We were filming the opening for the show. And I was walking through the department with the opening and a train was left out and it was tool. And I don't know if you can see, but our floors are bleached hardwood and it had a layer of sequins and I have smacked flat on my, I couldn't even stop myself. It was so fast. And I broke both wrists and my nose and three ribs. Mm-hmm. So that was last. That's what else happened to me. Just recently. <laughs> no, you broke both wrists and your nose. Both wrists. I had a pin and a plate put in this one. Okay. And then this one was broken. They let that heal naturally. They wanted to operate on that. I broke my nose. I broke three ribs. I knocked myself out. I had stitches up here. I mean, it was horrible. It was like, I still like have trauma from thinking about it, you know, but then it goes to show how fast an accident, I was having the best day and how fast an accident can happen in your life. We were having fun and we were laughing and we were cutting up. And the next thing is like, Lori, you need to go change for the next set. And I walk and bam, that's how fast. So we stopped filming the show for a long time because of this fall. And then we picked it back up and then just recently aired. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's who I am. I mean, look, it's an exciting life is what it is. It comes at you fast. Well, it's a normal life. You know, we all have so many ups and downs in our lives. And I don't ever, Jen, say that my life has been perfect. And I never want to say that. And I never want to come across that way because that's not life. It's not reality. You're right. You don't come across that way. You come across like a 
person that we would love to sit on the porch with and be real friends with. Exactly. I hope so. Yes. You're living a real life and you talk about it in a real way, even though parts of your life look and feel a little fancy in your, your beautiful three-story shop and your TV show, but you're still like funny and spicy and absolutely normal. I hope so. I don't ever want anybody to be intimidated shopping here, even though the store is fancy and the clothes are fancy. I try to bring it back real. I always tell everybody I'm thankful that they're here, which I am, and I appreciate them coming in because I do. And I'm out on that floor because I feel like as an owner of a business, and this has been, it will be 40 years I've been doing this in December. You know, as the owner of a business, when you start taking a backseat, your business starts going down. I mean, you've got to be out there and you got to be doing your thing. You're right. Okay. So you just said it. Four decades in the bridal business, that sort of longevity is so rare. I'm so impressed the way that you've kept your business going through seasons, through thick and thin, decade after decade. Can you roll it back to the moment when you're just a fresh-faced college grad and you thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to open my own store. So I'd love to hear why a bridal shop and what did you know about it? And did you have any idea what kinds of both triumphs and pitfalls, honestly, came with starting your own business, hanging out your own shingle? Right. Okay. So let's go back to graduating from college. I went to an all girls school. I'm a business major. Do not have a fashion degree. Don't ever pretend I have a fashion degree. I am no designer. You know, I'm, I'm looking at the analyticals here in the business and how we can grow the business, okay? And so I'm getting ready to graduate from college. And my father's always wanted me to have my own thing. He, he is really a source of inspiration in my life. And he's like, you need to have your own business. He wanted me to, to succeed and have my own personal personal space in this world. And so anyway, I'm thinking, well, what kind of business am I going to open? And then... I was going to open a retail store and I thought that could be kind of hard. And thank goodness I didn't. And my mother is a twin and my aunt June, June Cottingham, she at one time had three bridal stores. She was a real pioneer in this industry. She had three bridal stores, very small, but they were in Birmingham, Alabama. Okay. And they were called June's Brides. So I kind of grew up hearing about bridal and, you know, and the fantasy of it. And you think, oh my gosh, it's going to be so fun every day. And everybody that comes in the door is going to be so sweet and so happy to be here. Have you seen the show? You know, that is not true. Anyway, so Aunt June led me, kind of spurred me to my interest in bridal. And then I worked in several bridal salons before opening mine you know, getting ideas. And I would never, you know, work in somebody and be their direct competitions. I've talked about in other states. And then I came to Atlanta and opened Bridals by Lori. Okay, Bridals by Lori that you see today is entirely different than what I started in. Like I said earlier, it was a thousand square feet. It had this tacky lattice work wall and it was, you know, Wedgwood blue like everything was then. <laughs> It was so tacky. We had four dressing rooms in that we had like a, it was like a curtain that would slide across on a rod and it about fall down on the customer. That's how we started. Anybody that would come in the door, I would be like, thank you. There's a customer. I would change the mannequin 500 times a day. But I had a dream and I had a vision. And my daughters asked me this many times. She's like, mom, why didn't you give up? And as I discuss in my book, I just was not going to give up on my dream. And for years, and I want to say years, I did not make a lot of money in this store. 
No, I put it all back into the business, all back into the business. And we lived off my husband's income and he, and he never really said to me, you need to give this up, you know, and no, he didn't because he knew it was my dream and what I wanted to do. And I wanted, and I could see it in my head growing and getting bigger. I just didn't know how to get there. But looking back on it now, if I hadn't started there, where I am now, I would never know how to run this store. You know, these baby steps all led me to something great, but I had to take the baby steps to get there. And I think that's what so many people now, my, again, my daughter and I were talking about this. They give up too easily on these businesses and on these dreams. You know, it doesn't work out right away or, or this dream that you have is very difficult you know, God doesn't promise it's all going to be a bed of roses and eat. Or we look at someone like you, Lori, who's coming up on your 40th year and we see what you've built and the level of success you've achieved and thought, well, I'd like to have that in my year, year three. It's just not feasible. You didn't, you didn't, you earned your way up. It was slow. It was long. I just, I think so many times at this point, especially with social media, we look at all these finished products kind of around us and imagine that that is a reasonable place to start when in fact it wasn't even for you. Of course it wasn't. You grew over decade after decade after decade into what you have now. There's such a pride in that too. When you consider all the hard knocks and all the licks you took early on and how long you worked without mega profit and the Wedgwood blue. It's so fun to remember. Oh, I know. And for years, I took, seriously, took $100 a week out of this business. I put everything back into the business. Any profit at all would go back. And then we took that small store and we rented a little bit bigger space. And then I had two stores in Atlanta. And then I decided to buy my own building. And that's when things really started turning around because we were on the cusp of of destination shopping. We kind of figured that that brides would travel. You've got a big selection, brides will travel. Yeah. And so we bought a building, you know, it's a few streets up from us now, and it was 7,500 square feet. And then this building became available several years later. And we decided to buy, I always wanted this building, but this was a plastic surgeon's office, honey. And, you know, the odds of them going out of business are, but they did. And it was like, you know, just this slow, steady, this slow pace that I took to get to where I am, it all helped me, you know, all along the way, all along. One of the saddest and largest casualties in the pandemic has been weddings. Yes. And so I'd like to hear how you and your staff have coped with COVID. I know that you have a huge heart, obviously, for your brides. How have you been able to soothe and help them with their upended plans or even their pivoted plans? Like this year has really affected your industry. What does this look like for you? You know, I've been through 9-11. I've been through the recession of 2008. You know, I've been through many ups and downs in business. And there are going to be ups and downs in business. This has been just so wacky and so crazy. And, you know, you would never in your wildest dream, who would think that we would actually have to close the store for over five weeks? Never have I done that. So let's start there. And then you get on top of the fact that our sweet brides that, you know, plan these weddings and we like us a big wedding in the South, you know, with 250, 300 guests. So that bride is not going to be able to do that wedding any longer. 
because of COVID, of course. And she's going to have to scale it way back or she's going to have to put it off a year, maybe two. And, you know, most of these girls are not wanting to wait a couple years to get married, which I totally understand. So we've had many brides that have decided to go ahead and wear their fabulous gown and get a bouquet and have a very small, meaningful wedding with just immediate family only. A lot of them have done it like in their parents' backyard or they go to the park or to the beach or something like that. And they're planning on a larger reception later and they will wear that gown again. I feel like this marriage is super strong right now. And I've said this before. I feel like these brides are looking at this the right way. And I tell my girls this upstairs all the time. This is not a theatrical event. You're getting married, you know, and you got to look at, is this theatrical event more important or is this marriage more important? And right now, I feel like these brides are really bringing it back in and honing it back in and saying, you know, this marriage is important. And I have just been so amazed. I'm so proud of them because they've had great resolve. They've not like come unglued totally. I've seen them be upset, which I would be too. But they're pivoting and they're figuring it out, you know, what their what their future is and how they want to go about doing this. And it's just been really wonderful to see. On our end, I've gotten a lot of gray hairs this year because let me tell you, <laughs> you know, China closed down. A lot of the bodices or the skirts or something like that, they're made in China. Or I've had India close twice. All of the beading on dresses, 99% of it's done in India. That's been closed twice, y'all. I feel like when we closed for the five weeks, we kept customer service open remotely. I never would walk away and not be there for my brides, okay? So customer service was open remotely, and our receiving department was open remotely at my head receiving girl's house. All the dresses shipped to her. So we kept like the core of the store going, and we communicated constantly with our customers. We had to figure it out. And look, you made it. Here you are. We made it. It's not over yet, but we're making it. You know, we're getting there just like the brides are. We have to figure it out. You know, shopping now is so different too. Bridal is very touchy and feely and, you know, you're kind of messing with her hair and you're putting a veil on. We can't do all that right now. She has to have a mask. We all have to have a mask. We have to take temperatures. We're having to limit the number of guests in here and they have to spread out. So it's a different shopping environment. But I even like shot a video and what it would be like shopping at Bridal's by Lori right now, because I want to be very upfront with people on all our safety precautions and the fact that we're still open and you can still buy your bridal gown, but it's going to be a different experience because life is different right now. Yes. And I bet most of your brides actually appreciate that. They appreciate the measures that you're taking because they want to get that dress and they also want to be healthy. So you are making sure they can get both. Right. And they want to bring their grandmother in here and her have on a mask and, 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 you know, her group to be separated from the other group, you know, all that sort of thing. And I want her to be able to do that. What's maybe the, one of the leading styles for wedding dresses this year? What do you see? Like, what's the trend right now? Okay. So this has been crazy. We've missed two bridal markets due to the pandemic. Oh, why? Two couture bridal markets have not happened. And right now, designers are starting with a new collection. And I'm seeing a return to very feminine styles that you can wear outdoors or indoors, you know, with textures and flowiness 
that are just a little softer, not as heavily beaded, just a softer look that could really go anywhere because that's where we have to be right now. We have to be, you have to pick a dress that can go anywhere you want to go with it. So even the designers are kind of pivoting for COVID right now, thinking what the brides need. They have to. And to not address it would be foolish. I mean, we have to address the fact that right now, weddings are a little smaller. And so she may not want that train that's 18 feet behind her. She may want three feet instead. (laughs) Yeah, and they're outdoors and they're in weird places. I performed a wedding. I was the officiant a couple of months ago. And we had the wedding at a drive-in theater. So everybody came in their cars. Yeah, We were in a platform kind of way up at the stage and everybody watched the wedding up on the big screens and piped it through their radios. Well, that's a good idea. It's a great idea, but I'm just saying you can't have a 17-foot train outdoors at a drive-in theater in the dirt. Guys, this is the time of year to get comfy. And that includes a comfy bra, which is why I'm declaring myself the president of the Third Love Fan Club. You already know that I'm obsessed with Third Love bras. I can't even tell you how many I own at this point because they're so cute and so comfy that I don't even know I'm wearing them. Every Third Love bra is made with memory foam cups, no slip straps, and a scratch-free band. Plus, Third Love has more than 80 sizes, so you'll definitely find yourself somewhere in there. They have band sizes from 30 to 48 and cups from AA to I, including half cups. And Third Love gives you a perfect fit promise because they stand behind their products. So if you don't love your bra, you have 60 days to return it. And listen, you can find your new favorite bra starting at just $45. So just $45 for something you're going to wear every single day that's so comfy, you won't even know it's there. That is a solid investment. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now, they're offering my listeners 10% off your first order. So go to thirdlove.com slash for the love now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 10% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash for the love for 10% off today. Guys, if you don't know about Thistle Farms, get ready to meet your new favorite doing good brand. If you've been around the podcast for a minute, you already know that I love Thistle Farms. They're a social justice enterprise that provides healing, housing, and employment for women survivors of trafficking and prostitution and addiction. They're doing the greatest work. And the way they employ survivors and fund their mission is to sell these delicious lotions and scrubs and candles and essential oils that are handmade by the women in the program. Everything Thistle Farms makes is amazing. It really is. But their candles have always been my favorite. They're handcrafted, small batch soy candles made with 100% pure essential oils. Right now, I'm loving this candle in the calm scent. It's literally burning right this second in front of me. It's like standing inside of a spa. It smells absolutely incredible. And if you're looking for beautiful self-care gifts that everyone will love. Plus a gift that gives back in such a meaningful way. You've got to check out Thistle Farms. They've got an offer just for my listeners. You can use the code for the love and get 15% off their entire shop at thistlefarms.org. Stock up y'all. Go to thistlefarms.org and get 15% off using code for the love. All right, back to our show.
let's talk about your book because I love the title and I love the concept. Can you talk more about the idea of saying yes to what's next, like a high level premise to what your message is right now? Can you talk about it and tell us a little bit about how that has served you throughout your life? Yes. The book idea came to me from the fact that I just turned 61. And this actually, you know, happened when I was 60. And the book idea comes to me by people saying, I started having people ask me, like, when are you going to retire? And when are you going to, you know, when are you going to do something else? I'm thinking, what? I mean, it just totally shocked me, Jen. I'm like, are you kidding? This is all I've ever done. This is what I know. This is what I love. It's my passion. Why should I even be thinking about retiring? And why should anybody ask me that? number one. And are we just supposed to, as women, just ride off in the sunset and put on that granny sweater that they advertise us to be wearing? That ain't happening here, girl. So, (laughs) I mean, so that's kind of what fired me up. I'm like, we should be embracing our what's next always. Our what's next should be always on our mind. And are we happy? And are we living with passion? And then I took it back to things that, particularly for women over 45, that were really relevant to me, like parenting adult parents, dealing with grown children, or the empty nest syndrome. It really starts when your children go to high school, and then, you know, and they start needing you less and less. And then by the time they're in college, they're, get, they're out of there. So we go through that thing and rediscovering our marriage and finding each other again, because a lot of us by then have just like gone our separate ways, you know, and we have to find each other again. So those sort of things. And also self-care, just plain old taking time for ourselves and not feeling guilty about it. You know, I, I tell my daughter has two young children. And so now my daughter-in-law with the baby, I told you just turned one. I'm like, don't feel guilty about going to the hairdresser or buying yourself a new outfit or getting that massage if you want it. You go do it, girl. And I'll be back. I'm backing you 110% because there's not a thing wrong with taking time and care of yourself. You know, it it affects everything. It really does. That's the gas in the tank to keep us in it for the long haul. I think it's the women who neglect themselves to detrimental levels that burn out and run out of steam and end up so depleted that the things we love, we no longer have energy for either. And so I'm a, I'm a big fan of that messaging, whatever self-care actually looks like. I want to ask you something because you just mentioned how many roles you have shifted through in your actual life, much less all of your readers too, who are of course going through the same things from young mom, young business owner, mom of bigger kids, grown kids, adult kids, grandma, aging parents. That's a really huge sea change. If you had to kind of look back over the shifting wins in the roles that you played, could you point to one and say, this particular transition was more challenging than some of the others. Did you have a moment where you went from this to this and the identity shift was a real challenge for you? Like I say, I'm so far from perfect. I've had many identity shifts, you know, and I feel like when my children were young, I, I lived with that guilt. Oh my gosh, what are you doing, Lord? You've got this dream right here but it is more important to raise good quality adults, you know, and I just gave myself such a hard time. I will totally admit it and freely admit it. And I have been there and I was the one on our block. When I think back about it, 
only two, maybe a couple women on our block worked, and I was one of the ones. I was kind of looked down on. I honestly was. I honestly was back then. I beat myself up about it, constantly worrying about it. And now I put my children up against anybody. You know, they were, they're great adults. They're great, caring, good people, which is what, I, you know, that's what I wanted all along. So why did I do that? Or why can't we as women just have pride in ourselves and say, you know, I can do more than one thing and I can raise good children, but I can live my dream too, you know, and I can have a dream. We don't have to give it all to one particular thing. Our dream doesn't all have to go to our children, you know, and my dream doesn't all have to be at the store. I can do both things. So that definitely was an identity crisis for me. And as they got older and as they got in high school, I said, you know what, Laura, you did good, girl. (laughs) So real. They're independent. They're independent kids. They respect you. And that's so important to me. And they're proud of me, you know, and what a wonderful legacy to leave for your children to look back. Hey, my mom, she created something here and she raised this too. She was a great mom. Now, am I a good cook? No. Fine. We can't be good at everything. Uh Uh-uh. And I'm totally, I'm I'm like the worst, you know? So, you know, there's some things I could improve on there too. But, you know, I want to say, I mean, I'm not going to beat myself up about it anymore. I think we're so hard on ourselves women, I think we are just constantly like, I need to do this and I need to do that and I need to do that. Instead of just taking quiet time to reflect. And when I've had these identity crises, which I've had so many, for me, it helps me because I'm not a big fan of change. I'm not. I don't really like change that much, but I have it all the time. And I know that because that's a natural part of life and I'm going to have change. It helps me to just sit and quietly read my devotional and to read my Bible. And then after that, it helps me to just make a list of what's bothering me. I love my what's bothering me list. Ah, what's bothering me? Get to the bottom what's of what's it. What's bothering me list. I'm going to, you know, because I'm one straight shooter to the point. Tell me, Lori, what's bothering you. Jot it down. How are you going to fix it? And you may not have the answer right then, but just releasing it onto paper helps me so much. I really like that advice because I know sometimes for me, unless I'm intentional, I can't even necessarily identify what's bothering me. I just know that I'm spinning and I'm reeling and I'm acting crazy and I'm frustrated and I'm not sleeping. And I haven't even given it the attention to say, Jen, what's bothering you? And then sometimes if I can get still enough, I get underneath my emotions and I find something that I've not examined. And even just the naming of it. The naming, oh, this is what I'm scared about right now. Or this is a thing that I, I didn't even really know I was worried about, but I'm worried about it. It takes some of the power away from it. And then we're able to face it with like pride. And addressing it, you know, just addressing it. You know, I spend a lot of time now worrying about my parents. It's just a natural thing. A lot of time. My, my dad is 88 and my mom is 87. They live here in Atlanta and I worry about them. And I address that on my what's bothering me list a lot. You know, am I being the great daughter that I want? I want to be a great daughter. I don't want to be a good daughter. I want to be a great daughter. Am I being that great daughter? Am I doing everything I need to do, you know, to help my parents? You know, that sort of thing. I address a lot of things on that's what's bothering me list. Other than I may be on chocolate chip cookies. That's on my what's bothering me list too. You know, I could get something simple like that. That's true. <laughs> I really hope that my listeners 
pay attention to what you said a minute ago about being too hard on ourselves in the raising kids years. Cause I'm just a little bit behind you. I've got five kids and my oldest is 22. So he's graduating from college. He's in his first grown up person's job. Like he makes his own money. He's pays his own cell phone, like on his own car insurance. And I'm like, and then I've got two also graduated and I'm like, look at them. They're incredible because I also built a career while I also raised them. It works out. So now I'm telling moms behind me that are younger and they're the, the guilt machine is just so crushing. I'm like, look, lay it down. These are great kids. You're a good mom. This works out. They grow up great, better than you think. They do. And so what if you didn't make cupcakes and take it in every month at school, you know? I never did that. Uh Uh-uh. I mean, come on. You don't have to be the room mom every year. You know, you do it when you can. You may not make every single baseball game, but you you get to the ones you can, you know? We've got to cut ourselves a break as women. You know, most of us work now, you know, and it's difficult. And as it turns out, turning out great, young adults wasn't ever about being a perfect parent. That, that was a lie. That was a fake idea. Lilith made tons of mistakes. I, I can, and who started that? I don't know who started that, but I'm mad about it. I'm just, it's a whole dumb idea in the first place, but we bought into it. They forget most of our mistakes. They just remember being loved and cherished. That's what sticks. They, they exactly. And that they're cared about, you know, that we totally care about them, you know, and we want the best for them. That's what they're going to remember. It sure is. It matters to them. I want to talk about this, especially in the year 2020. All of our plans have changed, all of them. And so we kind of are in this national, international collective sense of grief. But then there comes these moments when we're like, okay, we're going to step forward even just one little inch at a time. And I'm thinking about you and your experience and how you started taking steps forward. Because I can imagine maybe one of the hardest blows probably that you've ever been dealt was being diagnosed with breast cancer. That was definitely a change of plans for you. Can you go back to that for a little bit? Talk about what you were feeling and how you, how did you decide to conduct your business and your relationships in the middle of such a hard thing in the middle of your own recovery? Yeah, I think it it parallels with where we are right now because I'm at like, have you ever noticed this? Like these horrible things happen to you when like you're at the top. I'm feeling like, oh my gosh, My business is finally really doing great, you know, and I've got this television show and this television show is doing great and my kids are doing great. And guess what? I go in for a mammogram and I've got breast cancer. You know, it's just like it just gets us when we're just right here, you know, and I just was so shocked and I was mad at my body because I'm healthy as a horse. So I'm mad at my body. Okay. Super mad. I don't understand why I got it. Although, even though I grew up hearing that I was just exactly like my Aunt Dorothy my entire life and my Aunt Dorothy passed away of breast cancer. So in the back of my head, maybe, you know, it wasn't as surprising as it was when you get that phone call. And told my daughter, we go out. We had a margarita that night. We needed it. We needed 10. (laughs) We did. And she's like, Mom, you need to do something with this platform that you have and you need to share this story. And I'm like, I'm not doing that because this is so personal, you know? And I felt like my whole life was on camera anyway. And this was so personal. I said, I'm not going to do it. She said, well, you need to think about it. I made a decision. It took me about a week. And I said, you know what, Lori, you're not going to sit here and just feel sorry for yourself. You know, I choose joy and I choose to look forward and I choose 
to go forward with this. So I made the decision to film my breast cancer journey. And I really wasn't gung-ho on it, I'll tell you. But I'm like, no. I'm like, I'll do this in order that I see the big picture that it's going to help other women. You know, who wants to talk about like how they're going to have to have their double mastectomy and, you know, how they've got scars from top to bottom. And But I think me bringing it to the forefront and really talking about it made it more accessible to women. It also showed that somebody healthy as a horse like I am and busy and all that sort of stuff, not to put off that mammogram because I was not going to go that year. I said, I don't need to go. You couldn't even feel it. I didn't. I never. They were all the way against my chest cavity. So, you know, in doing so, I made the decision that I was not going to talk about this all the time. I would film it and I was going to go on with my life. You know, it, it's just a simple decision that I made. But I chose positivity. And like I said, and I chose joy. And I wanted to go forward. And I'm like, this is not going to get the best of me. This is not going to stop me. And, you know, Jim, we all have bad things in our life. We all have so many crappy things that happen to us. We all do. But we got to go forward. And we got to say yes to what's next. You know, we do. I did. I chose to say yes to my own personal future, my next. I'm telling you, when that aired, well, I had one show and then they did another show a year later. And when those aired, my store, I had people waiting outside till we finished filming to just thank me for just being so honest. Because once again, I told it like it was, you know, I, I had yucky, crappy days and I had good days. But, you know, we told it like it was. I told how it affected my family. That's one thing I said to TLC. I said, we're going to show the good, the bad and the ugly. And then we're going to come out of this, but we're going to show it as we're going through it because we all go through valleys in life, you know, but we're going to show when we get up to the top here. I think it just gave people great hope. And then I had many women write me that said it really saved their life. They went for that, for that mammogram that they hadn't planned on going for, and they did have breast cancer and they did catch it early. And I think that that's what we all need to do with these crappy, bad things that happen to us. We need to share. We are not in it by ourselves. There are so many other people who've experienced, number one, that exact same thing, or number two, something like it, or number three, at least the same level of sorrow. And so I think when we end up sharing, when we choose transparency and authenticity, it's a very contagious environment in which women then begin to feel permission to say what's true about them too, and to come alongside one another in solidarity. And there's just nothing better. There's just nothing better than that. Nobody really is interested in a leader that's only shiny, only polished. That's just not true. Only polished is not truthful. You know, we have to say, you know, oh yeah, there's lots of days my hair's in a ponytail and I got on Lululemon pants and a sweatshirt. You know what I mean? (laughs) I do. (laughs) You know, and then I'll get dressed up and come in here to the store. We are not all perfect. Nobody is. Nobody is, and don't pretend you are. We all have our pitfalls in this world, but we have to keep moving forward. These days when it comes to saving, every little bit helps. And if you are looking to save some cash, you've got to check out the coupons.com app. So the coupons.com app offers cash back for everyday items you get at the grocery store. They have hundreds of coupons from your favorite brands like Starbucks and Tide and Crest and Pepsi. Plus, you can use these cash back offers at any store from Whole Foods to 7-Eleven to Target. 
Just make sure you pick up an itemized receipt on your way out. So here's how it works. You download the coupons.com app and start tapping all the cash back offers for items you plan to buy. Then coupons.com will send you cash back in PayPal after every purchase. It's that easy. It's the coolest thing. I've gotten cash back on makeup, dog food, chocolate. I mean, these were things I was going to buy anyway, and now I'm getting paid to buy them. So download the coupons.com app on your iPhone or Android today. It's completely free and totally easy. Again, download the coupons.com app today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. Get groceries and get paid. This season, give the gift of comfortable, washable, and sustainable shoes and bags from Rothy's. You know that I am obsessed with Rothy's. I wear my leopard print Rothy's on repeat every single week because they are so cute and so comfortable. I'm always checking out the Rothy's website to see the new colors and patterns they have because they're constantly making something new and adorable. Plus, Rothy's are made, as you know, from plastic water bottles, and they've used over 70 million water bottles to make beautiful shoes and bags and face masks, and I don't know what kind of sorcery they're using, but if you told me that these comfy shoes were made from plastic water bottles, I'd never believe you. They are magic. So if you want to score a home run gift, you need to give the gift of Rothy's, and pro tip, with a Rothy's gift card, you can let your loved ones pick their perfect present. Just saying. So check out all the amazing shoes and bags and masks available right now at rothys.com slash for the love. So that's Rothy's, R-O-T-H-Y-S, rothys.com slash for the love. Style and sustainability meet to create, I promise, your new favorites. Head to rothys.com slash for the love today. Okay, back to our show. Before we kind of wrap it up here, my listeners would kill me if I didn't ask this, but we've just got to know, because you must have, I can't even think, hundreds and hundreds, but if you had to pick like a, this is a, either a bride story or a wedding story. This one was for the books. This one was like for the record books. Do you have one at the ready? Okay. Do you mean crazy or do you mean sweet? Yes, crazy. You want the crazy? crazy? Okay. You're going crazy. Okay. I don't know if you saw this episode. We were like, oh my Lord. She had never seen the groom. They had no visual idea of what each other looked like. He comes in, she picks out a dress. And when she walks down the aisle in this dress would be the very first time she saw the groom. (laughs) Are you kidding? She met him on the internet. They never exchanged pictures of one another. And they set a wedding date. No, Mm -hmm. my anxiety is going through the roof. Oh, I I just can't even. I I mean, I can't even. And not to have like a a face-to-face conversation with somebody, you know, you're looking at a black screen or whatever. The crazy thing about it, though, this was odd, too. She said, "I, I don't have a lot of red bridal gowns. Like, I have maybe two upstairs. But at that point in time, we had none. And she came in and she said, I want a red bridal gown. And, I, and she said, I knew you would have a red bridal gown, just like I knew you would find, I would find my groom. And I kept thinking and thinking. And then I remembered down in our vault area downstairs, I had a red bridal gown. Brought it up, zipped it perfect on her. I mean, it was, it was some really? stuff going Is that on. the one she wore? 
Yeah, it was some crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> did they make it? What was the end? Well, I don't know. They did get married. They filmed the wedding. They did honestly get married. Now, I don't know if they're still, I don't know. I don't know if they're still married. I don't know. I, don't, I didn't hear any more about it after that, but it was crazy. I mean, you've seen it all. You had to have seen it all. Every kind but of then, You know what? That's what's so great about it. Then I have new stories that I haven't seen, you know, or haven't heard, you know, and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> So they come from all over, right? They fly oh to you Oh my everywhere. gosh, we get people from everywhere, all different countries, all over the United States. It's so fun. And I get a real rush helping a bride find this dress because this connection with a dress, you can't make it happen. Either she loves it or she doesn't. And she connects with this garment and she knows this is what she wants to wear to take this next step in her life. And I just get a real rush from it. It is so fun. It is so fun. Do you have a lot of young business who are entrepreneurs come to you and say, I want to be you. I want this. Oh, I yeah. want to build what you Yeah. Like I'll have them walk in the store and they'll go, oh my gosh, Miss Lori, I want this. I want this. And I said, you can have this, but it's not going to happen tomorrow. This is what you have to realize. This is a lot of work and you've got to take baby steps to get to this point to be able to do this, but you can do it, but you've got to hang in there. Get your little 1,000 square foot room with some lattice work. Lattice and work you too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. Okay. We're going to wrap this up. These are a couple of questions that I'm asking everybody in the Small Wins series. And you can just top of your head, whatever comes to mind. Here's the first one. What is something maybe that you have been grateful for this year in 2020? Oh, can I say two things? Absolutely. Okay. Number one. Well, first and foremost is my faith. First and foremost, without a doubt, because my faith has helped me remain calm with a clear head and try to figure this mess out (laughs) in business and in life, you know. And then the second thing would absolutely be my health and my family. We're healthy and I'm thankful for that every day. Absolutely. And when that's been challenged, then you know to really, really be grateful for it. Exactly. Once you've survived. Okay. How about this? What's maybe one small way? that 2020 has changed you for the better? Oh, I know what that is. 2020 has caused me to have more time. All of us have had more time because we have been at home more and we have not been running around like a chicken with our head cut off. So it has caused me to reflect more. And with this reflection, I have had more time to figure out, you know, what are my passions, just like in the book, you know, and just take more time for myself, you know, and I like this reflection time. I really do. I really, really do. I love I'm not going to stop that. Even after we get back to normal, I'm still going to have my reflection time. I love that because who knows what's ahead of you? Who knows what new chapter you're going to add to your career, to your business? I mean, you probably never expected that you'd have a TV show and yet you do. Reflection prepares us for what's coming, even if it's unexpected. That always helps me hold my hands open to be like, I'm willing to consider all kinds of innovative, exciting things in front of me, even if I've never even thought of it, even if it's outside of my imagination. And we have to be open. Yeah, exactly. Say yes to the next thing. That's what we do. Exactly. (laughs) It's like, whoa, this is crazy. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Well, look, here's the last question. And this is something that I ask every single guest in every series. And you can answer this however you want to answer it. It can like big, small, important, absurd, your choice. But this is the question. What is saving your life right now? 
What is saving my life right now? Okay, let me think about this a second. Saving my life has been my relationship with my family because we've, I think we've even become closer now because, you know, we're all each other can really see besides work. So yeah, I want to say relationship with my family. Um, exercise has really helped my head this year. I've already talked about my faith. Absolutely. That would really be number one still. And chocolate chip cookies. Yes. Do you make them homemade? Oh, I do like a homemade, but I don't like cooking. I hate cooking. I like to just go get some Miss Fields or whatever. You know what? I'll eat. <laughs> I can't remember the last cookie I made, but I will eat it. I will eat I'll somebody eat else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Lori, we are such fans and just love your work. You give us a lot of joy. You give us a lot of laughter, a lot of hope. And that's me. It's always been meaningful, but it's super meaningful this year in this very hard year. We're so happy sometimes just to turn you on. And we know that is going to be an entertaining moment of my day. I, I cannot wait to see what who's coming in the door. What are you going to say? What's going to happen? So I'm just, thank you for saying yes to everything you've said yes to your whole life. For this beautiful business that you've built, for this show that has entertained billions of us, right? And thank you for coming on the show today. I am so happy to have met you. You've got a big fan in me forever. And so whenever I have a kid get married, I'll send them straight to you. Yes, you can straight to you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Lori. All right, everybody. Listen, one thing that I want you to know is that even though this is audio only, Lori and I saw each other the whole time we were talking on a screen and she is absolutely gorgeous. She's got a, like a beautiful black dress on her hair. So like perfectly done. She's in her store, which looks like a movie set. And I am in a oversized hoodie. My hair is in a messy top bun that I have not fixed since I got out of bed this morning. It's a bun I slept in. I'm wearing my glasses, no makeup. (laughs) Like I showed up to talk to Lori Allen, just looking like something the cat dragged in. I mean, have I just thrown in the towel completely? And still we had so much fun. I really, really loved that conversation. I love talking to businesswomen ahead of me and learning from them. And so If you haven't seen her show too, Say Yes to the Dress Atlanta, I mean, honestly, get to TLC and see what all the fuss is about. It's so much fun. I will link to all of Lori's stuff, her show, her social media sites, her book over at jinhatmaker.com under the podcast tab. So thank you guys for tuning in. More to come on the Small Wins series. We're hoping this one brings you some joy. We're hoping for a little bit of delight on this one. So On behalf of Laura and Amanda and I and the whole podcast crew, we love you, love to serve you, and we'll see you next week.